You're listening to the Vanilla Weeds podcast, co-hosted by three women from three continents. Mia Catherine Boyle from Seattle, United States, Dayu Dwirani from Jakarta, Indonesia, and Natalia Blagova from Zurich, Switzerland, originally from Sofia, Bulgaria. We met in the global community of changemakers and co-creators, women heart to heart. Our experiences there showed us that no matter how different we think we are, when we connect heart to heart, we experience our shared humanity and that special sense of oneness and common values. We've surprised ourselves with what we are capable of when we feel supported to be true to ourselves. We felt the unlimited possibilities that open up when we team up with like-minded yet diverse people and tap into our collective intelligence. Vanilla Weeds podcast will support fellow changemakers, men and women, of diverse expertise and origins. Together we will deepen our awareness of the world we live in, developing the courage to speak truth to bullshit and to act driven by our highest aspirations. We will have conversations with each other and with special guests about everything that really matters to each one of us today and everything that supports us in mastering the art of living together. Listen to the Vanilla Weeds podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Get in touch with us if you have topics that interest you or ideas about guests we should invite. Share with your network if something touches you. Okay, today we are going to talk about mental health, the word that been traveling around maybe for some of us and We would like to have a really deep conversation about this. And of course, I have Mia and I have Natalia here. So Mia, you can start, Mia. <laughs> okay. Tricky one you are. <laughs> well, there's so many different ways we could approach this conversation. Um, I think I'll just start by saying that in um in our, my culture, uh, mental health is usually the elephant in the room. It's it's always an issue, really, in America, and um, I would say never more than now. Um, but I'll go into that maybe a little bit later. And what I would say is that I don't ever really recall seeing any culture other than a shamanic culture really tackle the issue of mental health. So with that, I would say that uh, we're, you know, we've got a lot to cover here. <laughs> There are different ways. <laughs> I, I'm no, you know, anthropologist. I don't have a specialty culturally necessarily, but, but I try to pay attention And I have an interest in what the world is doing and and thinking about. So, and and I I think I also have a way my own personal way of dealing with my own mental health and um, those around me. I've had experiences with people who have had very difficult experiences with mental health, and in America. Oof, man, that's a really big subject. So I'm trying to sort of sidle up to it without getting too brash, but I feel, I'm just going to be blunt here. I'm going to say that, um, you know, it's a very strange place, this country, because we have incredible um, experts in pretty much 
you know, at least a lot of the, the, the sciences, we have incredible knowledgeable people, um, doing all kinds of things. However, of late, especially we have a, a real limitation around how those people can operate in, um, regarding their research, regarding their interests. And this is a pretty controversial thing to say, even though it might not seem like it. Well, basically what I'm saying is, you know, we, we have here a situation where ours are the best of our scientists, the most inquisitive, innovative people are sort of locked into a kind of pedagogy where they have to sort of toe the line and not talk about certain things that might get them in trouble um, not allowed to publish certain things or they, you know, that, that, you know, they won't, the, the big uh, rubric that they deal with is, you know, that if they try to really go off the beaten path and they won't be published. And then it, it's essentially not being published is like being censored to a scientist. And so we do have that going on. And, you know, in many sectors of the sciences, but especially in mental health. And there seems to be, from what I'm hearing in listening to some of the more free thinking, um, I don't know, I, I don't want to use the word radical necessarily, but I, I would say free thinking uh, people in the, in the uh, psychiatry realms, that there's there's basically sort of a, um, you know, a very small group that moderate mediates what happens with mental health in the circles of, you know, uh, traditional medicinal pharmaceutical hospital hospitalization and et cetera. So, Man, that's a whole realm I, I don't even quite want to address just yet, if ever. <laughs> but I'm just warning you that it's, you know, it's in trouble. It's in breakdown, in my opinion. Um, let's start first with... Um, is it fair to say that there's an increase in mental health issues or or not? So... so so where are we today on that? Is something that interests because you're talking more about the solution, right? Right. right. Yes. Uh, okay. So, so it, also, it's a question of what, what is the situation and why is this? Why do we talk more about this? Or at least, well, I mean, it's a great question. Mm -hmm. See, the here's the funny thing about your question is that when we talk about mental health, we're talking about perception as well. Because when you talk about mental health, it's all about what your perception is of reality, right? And I don't want to get too trippy here, but yes, I do. Because it's all about physics at a certain point where you, you come in and you, you talk about, well, what is my experience of reality? I won't go down that road right now. And I know you're breathing a huge sigh of relief, but I really want to because it's so, I do think it's relevant. And so I'll just couch that. And then I will I will come back to your question. And my answer is yes, absolutely, rise in mental health issues. But that's commensurate with 
the breakdown of society, of course, which is happening all over the world now, in my opinion. And, um, and then, you know, at that point we can diverge into just about any topic you, you could want to, to speak about. But my point being that mental health is commensurate with what is happening in the time with the people. Right. Um, yeah. Yes, and for yeah. me, it's a it, it's a very it's one of the best uh, indicators or symptoms of uh, the biggest problems of our society today, which for me is this disconnectedness of our mind, body, and spirit. Yes, um, well and it, it's it, it's the final result of the era of industrialization, uh, which made everything possible, but we, but we disconnect basically. And what, and basically the whole aspect of, we, we expected to go to work and to do things at work, I mean, do our job in a, in ways that make us even more disconnected. Uh, yeah. There was this, so, so we've started talking about meaning and purpose lately. I'm talking in the workplaces uh, more and more, but it's done so, it, it, I was gonna say superficial, but it's not about superficial, it's so false. But actually it has make, make, made people even more disconnected which mm. has brought this whole movement about being wholeness and being whole at work um the the bottom line for me is that um yeah i always remember this one article in harvard business review which came about maybe it's now 10 years ago and they were explaining how um, people were happy. In order for people to be happy, they need to work at a workplace uh, and in general have a job that gives them the opportunity to have enough money so that in their free time, they can have the opportunity to have experiences and buy stuff and Basically, they were justifying that work is a place where you just go to make money, basically, but you need to find happiness and uh, satisfaction and joy outside of the workplace. I mean, I'm simplifying it. It was more, how should I say, there was more to the article. But to me, that article was symbolic of what uh majority of humankind in the developed world has been going through and it's connected to also this uh um cliche that you you may have heard me say refer to it's it's not personal it's business so we've we've actually accepted that work is uh not personal. Not personal, and that, <laughs> which effectively means also it's not spiritual. 
uh, and we've we've basically disconnected ourselves from from everything that's really meaningful because work is very meaningful and sh it should be meaningful. Um, we also disconnected from nature. So, so through industrialization, people were moved from their natural environment into this beton uh, environment. And, and all this at the end has brought a lot of mental health issues and has, I mean, it's basically, I remember the times, like I've lived in in times which were before uh, democracy and market economy, so to say, in a different type of society. And there were very little mental health issues. So, so for me, this is part of um, this increase of mental health issues together with what I think Neil was starting, uh, started talking about in the very beginning. It's how we treat the mental health issues has been, um, they're basically the, one of the key, I'm looking here for the right word, but basically key results of the society we live in today and the economic system we live in today. So so it's this disconnectedness that according to me is causing it. And at the same time, what's really increasing it is how we are treating it. So, so basically a majority of people in uh, Western worlds are and when I say Western worlds, I mean the more developed economies. Uh, they could be Eastern geographically, but I, I mean the de develop, more developed countries. Is So the disconnect is happening because of the way of life and the way everything is happening. But then we treat it with traditional medicine, which makes it worse. So we have these people who are totally drugged, uh, uh, like, like huge amounts of people are taking, for example, antidepression drugs, and and actually we're continuously not dealing with the real issue at hand, which is this disconnectedness. That's where right. I feel. And, and and then what you were talking about, natural uh, medicine, and uh, the the way indigenous people have been dealing with it, it's kind of the the newest things that coming and, and it's helping a lot of people to, to have another look. But I think what that's doing is trying to connect some of the disconnectedness. To, to me, however, it's not just about what what is the medicine we're taking, whether it's in this direction or that direction, unless we look at the water, the why it happens and what is the foundation, we're never gonna really uh, reduce it. That That's makes. right. Well, so, you know, you, you're you so good at really uh, pinpointing things. I'm a much bigger picture kind of person and that can get me in hot water when I'm trying to explain things. So thank you for bringing me back to to some of the finer points because 
what you just said about alienation is of course right on the nose and um along with that you also mentioned um the divide between the business and and just life in general um and i was thinking to myself when you were saying that it, you know we are familiar with that concept here in the us and we mostly have been familiarized by by that with these um movies that involve um organized crime so where i recognize that statement is i think it's like from some mafia movie where where they they like to say hey it's not personal it's just business you know that's a very common statement in in, in my culture and disturbingly so that it is accepted um it's so common that it's just accepted as normal which is very worrisome because it's extremely abnormal <laughs> um not only that but it's it's i would argue and i i don't think that this is too harsh a word and i don't mean to be i don't mean to be difficult here but i'm trying to bring a compassionate aspect but what i'm saying is i would argue that that is the origin of that is pathological because really you can't separate your life in that way it's a sickness to do that and then to go on top of that and normalize it that's something that we hear the kings of western culture <laughs> and i only say that because you know in the us we we have bear the responsibility for creating a western culture uh that that has gone worldwide through movies and and you know all of this media that we do um not not entirely healthy not an entirely great influence on the world and um you know that's coming to bear so the idea that it's okay to just have business over here and morality over here that needs to stop immediately we need to call that out and we need to identify it and we're doing it right now and you know may it be noted um, because it is the source of much pain, agony, and destruction, not just of, of families and cultures and groups, but of the earth. I mean, it really goes all the way, you know, because for reason being that it's a major um, rationale for people in the boardroom making business decisions. And, you know, um, for instance, you know, along the same lines, it's completely normal and rational and quote unquote acceptable for uh, stock, you know, people in, involved in what is it? I might, my, my, uh, my money language is failing right now. It's too late at night, but uh, in the boardroom and the stockholders to say, uh, you know, we we are going to make decisions based on what our stockholders are expecting us to do, not on what the right thing is to do. So uh, and that's somehow, you know, that's put forward as if it were actually a reasonable explanation when it's actually completely pathological and insane, completely, especially based on the, some of the decisions that have been made 
to, uh, you know, affecting the environment specifically and these major companies. This is just, it's one of the biggest crimes and elephants in the room around the world that is really not being dealt with at all, as far as I know. Actually, this this mental health thing, it's kind of new for me. So listening to you, Mia and Natalia, uh, the way that it's already there, like the elephant in the room and from the article since 10 years ago. But for me personally, mm, this mental health just really, I get to know about mental health since the pandemic, actually, honestly. So I really want to know more about... Uh, yeah how how should we how should we deal with that because it's so to me it's just 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 starting this pandemic now now i know that oh it, we should not separate just like natalia said we should not separate business and life because at the time at the pandemic i'm i'm feeling something wrong with myself because all of the hours that i spent in the office with my colleagues with my peers it's kind of making me say uh, making me feel that i'm i'm lonely i'm isolated but because it should not be separate and it should be yeah just want to say it simple yeah we should be happy in work without uh have to separate about the business and the life and yeah i'm 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 just pointing out that it's kind of new for me because i just found out about about this health, mental health situation since the starting of the pandemic. So yeah, I would like to know, I would like to know more actually. I mean, for me, the, the pandemic just uh, accelerated what was already there and accelerated, it, it brought it home for practically everyone. Uh, and for me, the reason again is this connection this connection from nature this connection from each other uh too much time in front of screens so of course we we're gonna have mental health issues this is not a normal uh way of living we need to be uh and i don't think a person can be for example depressed if they're meeting other people, if they have human touch and human emotions, and if they connect to nature, I don't think you can be truly depressed. I don't think it's possible. So so the, the increase of depression is and other mental health issues is totally um, consequence of our way of living, which is getting mm-hmm. more and more into technology when we're exchanging normal human uh, relations with, and when I say normal, what I mean is, for example, touching somebody, hugging somebody, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, truly connecting to somebody through a deep conversation about something that's meaningful to you, sharing our emotions. I mean, all that is being... uh, reduced to communication for technology and especially in the pandemic i mean it was like um people were basically walked for a while without 
So basically, everybody was forced to to use only technology for communication, and and we started losing it, which is which is normal. We're not meant to live like that. We're not meant to right. to live without human touch and human interaction. And but what's what's scary is that the pandemic just it just illustrates what's what's already happening. It's just put it on the um, it just accelerated, it made more visible a problem that's huge already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but it's for all the same reasons. In uh, so many ways, too. I mean, one of the things about the pandemic that's, you know, not talked about often, but I, I think listening to you is, is an interesting idea, is that we were responding to something, first of all, that was completely unseen. And so you have something that's apparently out there, but you don't know where or what it really looks like. And then you're being introduced to ideas around this thing that, you know, might be true. I mean, there's telling you what it is and you're being dictated to about what what is going on when you don't really see what's happening with your own eyes. And you're. I think this is really unprecedented for for us and it's also just sort of confusing to the psyche to you know have so many changes happening on on behalf of something that you you don't you can't even see it you don't even really know what it is and and then you're basing everything your whole new reality that you don't really understand what what direction you're heading in and it's based entirely on a small group of specialists who are just telling you what to do and you don't really have a real connection to why or you know how you just have to trust this expert over here and you know maybe they're right maybe they're wrong but i think that the situation in in and of itself where all you know there's no ownership of your own experience in a way you're really being taken out of your your daily world and put into a foreign a foreign environment in your own home which is so bizarre i mean who wouldn't go a little crazy <laughs> you know we've all sort of had to we're, we've all been tested in that way i did notice and i will say this by way of contrast that um, a lot of my friends during the lockdown, uh, you know, I, I'm a musician and an artist and a lot of my friends are as well. And this this is a group that specifically did not suffer as much. And the reason being because we're a group that's used to being on our own and not necessarily about being alone, but used to really using our imagination to create new scenarios and new realities for ourselves. And, and so we have this habit of, of being in, in a, a world where we are creating something and we have faith in that idea, you know, and I think that having that, that, that habit of creating with your mind, um, being in a creative state of mind really helped a lot of people through the lockdown, at least people that I talked to. And I think that's valuable to bring up because it's not be, having that creative way of thinking is not simply the domain of artists, nor or it shouldn't be because it's a human it's a human gift, and it's one that 
is not well used, I think, is not emphasized and is not um, promoted as as a a way of being very much in the working world. Um, ironically, I mean, you know, a lot of sometimes in your job and I've had jobs like this and it's so funny to me, they'll use the word creative in, in the most, you know, sort of just perfunctory kind of ways. Like, you know, I, I won't go too far down that road, but I mean, what I'm really trying to say is, is that there's a real lack of understanding of the power of creative thinking and how it can just get you through um any kind of situation because it's not just about you know fairy dreamy you know scenarios that outside of reality it's actually about about adjusting to profoundly different realities and it's about um it's about creating you know your own resilient attitudes and and forging connection in a different way in a beautiful way um and I, I saw a lot of artists doing that through throughout the pandemic, um, getting more creative and really realizing how lucky they were to be able to rely on that way of thinking. So so it it's it really bears, you know, it bears consideration for us all to to bring that more into our lives and to emphasize more. Um, our own personal creativity also because it really gets you in touch with your individuality which is something that I kind of think we're losing over this we're losing it because we're you know it's like oh there's no room for the little individual you know uh, your petty thoughts and and life it's it's really more about how can we get through this and do you know do one for the team or whatever and you know that has its place but i think it's just way way out of scale in this whole experience personally for me so these things are you know um i i i think that what we've been asked to do really we haven't you know not only have we been asked to do something completely out of context with our lives but i'm just gonna say that I, I think that we've been asked to do it in a very uncompassionate way it's it's lacked compassion all the way through there's been division there's been scapegoating and unnecessarily so um we need to be supporting each other in ways that we never did before, you know, instead of blaming each other and, and, um, having fear be the, the rule of the day really. And, and it seems to me as though our leaders have been really using fear as a tool to guide us. And maybe that's because they're afraid and maybe they're using that fear just because they don't know what else to do. But I think there's a better way to do things. And I think that, it's perhaps up to us as individuals to come together and invent new ways of doing things, especially in emergencies, especially in, um, in now that the world is, you know, using this technology that's enabling us all to come together. We can now really um, do incredible things with 
you know, our, our different backgrounds and experience and our, our cultures coming together to leverage the best that we have to offer. Um, those are the things that we could have been doing during the lockdown. It had it only been encouraged to, Hey, get to know each other's cultures or ideas. Or That's one of the reasons I'm here. I, I think Natalia was actually doing that very thing. And, and I was attracted to that because I mean, no one else was doing anything like that. It was all about, you know, hunker down and fear and don't touch me, stay six feet away, whatever these, what are now turning out to be somewhat preposterous ideas, I will add. Um, I, I am, you know, I'm a little critical of some of those, <laughs> some of those ideas because they're, you know, they're just not panning out to have been effective or even true. So so looking back at all that and not getting too hung up on, you know, who said what, I just want to say that we can do this in a better way. And and I really, really see that through this group here where we're very different people coming together to share ideas and, um, and actually create a new reality, right? At the very least, a new understanding. Absolutely, and there's a couple of things that were said that I want to bring together. You you talk about creativity, and uh, creativity is um, something that really can get us through this through such times. But in general, it's also one of the key components of being human somehow. It's the ability yes. to create, yeah? Uh, we talked also about knowing what's right. So, so we were talking how at the workplace with um, with this disconnection, like it's not uh, business, it's personal. Uh, we've also have been kind of brought to a place where we, we're not connecting with what's right to do. There's a disconnection there. We, we all, in any given situation, if we really allow ourselves, we know what the right thing to do is, but we're totally disconnected from that as well. And then the third thing which was mentioned was about our emotions, which is another thing also at the workplace has been in the last years, uh, like it's not good to be too emotional. It's not good to talk about feelings a lot. I mean, that has been also uh, <clears throat> going in the workplace. So, so basically, detached from creativity, detached from what's right to do, detached from our emotions. This is exactly what causes mental health issues, which, in other words, is disconnection to our spirituality or disconnecting from the full spectrum of what it means to be human. Mm, and of course, we're going to have problems. Of course, yeah. we're going to have problems. And <clears throat> we were talking, you were talking about uh, uh, COVID and uh, um, the fear that, that was prevailing. And you mentioned also the word division. And I, I want to emphasize that. I mean, all the division that's happening in society is a type of a mental health issue on a societal level. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's again this 
dealing with all these people who are like that and we are like that, it's, it's again disconnectedness from the fact that we are on a very deep level, we are all the same. We all have similar values if we really allow to connect to each other. But we're staying on the superficial level where we're totally um, hypnotized but by our differences and not allowing to actually go to that place where we, we will realize we're not that different and there's so much that connects us. And I wanna I wanna make here a full circle, also with something we were talking earlier about, and that's so so from COVID we went into a war and now we're going into recession. So so what's connecting all these things is is the fear, right? It's the it's the we're totally um, hypnotized and uh, paralyzed by fear. Yes, and fear, as you point out, paralysis, it's really, I think fear somehow is the opposite of creativity. Yes, you cannot be creative, uh, be fearful and creative at the same time. There's no way. They're right. totally connected. <clears throat> and I cannot at this moment not mention media in general, the, the media and how it's... Uh, uh, the news that are coming out and whatever channel you switch on, it's it's there's constantly some huge problem that they are bombarding us about. Horrendous. Nowhere, nowhere, nobody is talking about anything good. No, nothing. It's all it, panic it, it, and fear. It's all panic and fear. Exactly. Violence. Yeah, I mean, it's just horrendous. It's so irresponsible. <laughs> it, it's absolutely uh, irresponsible and like going into the recession now we're talking about, it's even furthermore irresponsible because all recession is, is a downturn in economy. So basically the economy is moving with a, there's an economic cycle that's happening mm -hmm. all the time. The economy is going up, right. then the economy is going down. It's so a natural recession, process. Yes, so, so it's about freaking out that winter is coming. Right. And wanting it to be constant summer. It cannot be. I mean, there's no way. It's been proven that recession is a normal part of the cycle. And yeah. what happens is when we are so fearful, and this is part of any, I mean, any economist uh, can say that. So what happens is when we are so fearful, as it was, we had recession during the pandemic as well, right? Mm -hmm. So now we're headed to another recession. They are fueled also by this same fear because the more we are afraid of what is a natural cycle, the more, the less we consume. So we make the recession even worse. And of course, being bombarded by this fear of what's gonna happen, is um, bringing us in mental health issues as well. So it's this circle, it's this circle and, and the, the getting out of that circle, I would say it's possible only if we really keep away from central media. So we need to 
connect more with nature and disconnect from central media. For me, this is the one of the ways in which we can uh, deal with these mental health issues. Like connect more to each other, connect to our creativity, connect to our emotions, not be afraid of emotions. Uh, and I'm saying not be afraid of emotions because lately there's this toxic positivity as well. So we're supposed to be all positive. Yeah, and social media, let me not forget that. Social mm -hmm. media is also an, another reason for mental health issues because everybody is showing their best selves, like traveling, beautiful clothes, beautiful places, right? And And people get... Even when you know it's not the real life of people, it's still you're constantly bombarded by this um, false standard. False standards which make you feel that you're doing worse than yeah. your peers. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so social media, uh, central media, too much technology. All these are things we need to. It's totally in our control. To to be. It's not only that, you know. Yeah, that you're you're hitting the nail on the head. But you know, it, isn't it interesting that there's all of this to look at, and and what is going on here exactly? I mean, not only you know when you talked about social media, I was thinking, yeah, there's a lot of bad actors on social media, and by that I mean. You know, there are people actually trying to cause trouble and and cause fear and and confusion. I I don't want to go into where these people are coming from. I'm not really even sure, but but I know that they are there. I know that it's a fact that it's happening. And the fact that uh, that is happening and that it's getting traction more than more than what really should be happening, which is, you know, people coming together because it's it's pulling people apart you know there there is an element out there that doesn't want us to be healthy that doesn't want us to come together and and you know literally and and i think it's time that people who doubt that really look into it for themselves and understand that that there are forces against you and i don't mean that in a in a terrifying way i mean it in a way that that really and it can enable us to take responsibility for our own experiences so that when we see th see uh, influences that come in that that we're we're not really sure about and we don't really like we don't have to to accept that you know you have to protect and have your boundaries but also uh protect your your innocence and and protect your connection with with each other you know um, and we have to start really taking responsibility for for our actual daily experience online as well as in life and um, and not falling prey to uh, the manipulations of media, which are literally weaponized. And we, you know, unfortunately, we don't know very much about that, but we're learning the hard way in real time. And and, you know, the response to learning about that is I don't really think it's about blame. I think it's about just taking your attention away from it and deciding to do something different. And because the power is in your hands, the power is in your attention. 
what do you want to pay attention to? What, how, what state of mind do you want to have? Who do you want to be with? Who do you, you know, what, what connections do you want to make? And we have to really start being, um, uh, very, very intentional about this sort of thing, because when we lose our connection and we lose our intention to actually have a direction, there are forces that come in and steal our attention away from us and steal our reality. Literally, this is what can happen to your mind. Yeah, listening to listening to our conversation just now, it really uh, it really makes me want to as as for uh, as for myself, uh, I'm. I'm not easy to to talk about that because I'm not that I still have that fear and uh talking about how to open up and you have the power but for me it is not easy thing to do about yeah just open up and say what you feel you have the power to decide this and that what I'm trying to ask yeah that uh, it's, I hope it's okay yeah, I'm I'm asking Of course. But, yeah, but how how to how to be courageous? How to to I don't know how to lose that fear. You will, uh, yeah, yeah. Not everyone realize that. Yeah, just like you said, Nia. You have the power to decide something. But uh, in the society, in the real world, we are really connect to other people, and again, yes. uh, we are. We don't have the courage to, yes, to be to be a real individual because there's I don't know the attachment to other opinion and the fear right. of losing losing I don't know losing friends or losing, yeah losing the connection how, how to how to get the courage to do that yeah just what you say you you really have the power to do that but sometimes the society did not. Let us see that we do have that power inside of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the reality. That's the society. That yeah. At least that's true. Yeah, I, I have that. I experience. see that. I I'm, I I didn't mean to make this sound easy. Um, it's not. It's not necessarily easy. In fact, it's it's not easy at all. And that's why we're all having to learn this now at in the eleventh hour. Um, but, but it is essential. And, and the good news is that it's actually, um, everybody has courage. Everybody already has what they need. They just need to learn how to use it in different ways. You, Dayu, are unbelievably courageous. I mean, I, everything I've seen about you and that you've participated in, with our group, your courage is unquestioning, unquestionable is what I want to say. So, so when you ask me these questions, I, I, I understand what you're saying. And I want to say the answer really is within you because your, your courage is already evident and maybe you're used to using it in one way where, when you feel safe with others, like with us, but But that courage can be used in ways what you know that you don't feel as comfortable and and you'll be you'll be surprised at what your courage can bring you, you know. Um I 
and I think we're all learning that the hard way because we're being pushed in ways to articulate ourselves in, you know, around other people, um, and, and in, in situations, especially, I mean, online, it's, it's crazy, right? We could be talking to a million people and not realize it. I mean, we don't know where this thing itself is going to go. So it's intimidating to even just think of that, but, but the point being that, you know, if you just dial into that courage that already exists in you and, and you, you, act from the kernel of your your true self that you of course are intimate with you know you you understand that part of yourself that's true you kind of can't go wrong you can you can be misunderstood but that's a different thing and it's okay to be misunderstood because you can clarify yourself and and you will learn to clarify yourself over time and and yes it can be treacherous to you don't want to offend people over here. You don't want to give the wrong impression over there. But you can express yourself tr in a true way without saying, you know, uh, without really, you can learn to tailor your, your, what you, what it is that you want to say and express through a compassionate lens, because you know, there are so many ways I could say things right now that, that I realize would be totally self-absorbed self <laughs> and, and it would be satisfying for me to say them. But in truth and in reality, I know that it's not productive for me to, to just blurt out what I think is true. What's more true than what I think is true is that compassion is the law. That's it. It's not about blaming anyone or being angry about what's going wrong in the world or um, finding out where the problem is. It isn't at all any of those things. It's it's about, you know, love is the law. And, and how do we tap into that in order to do things in our life, in order to connect with each other, in order to create a bridge, right? And And we can, we can do that. And we're being forced to do it if we if we dare, and and I say that we dare because because the the alternative is is um, annihilation, and 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 I only say that because it's a slow sort of slippery slope, but isolation lies. Um, uh, manipulation extraction all this stuff that's happening around us is only happening in my spiritual view to teach us what it is we don't want that's what we're learning right now and what we can do with that is go okay this is definitely not what i want what do i want what is it that i want to create in my life right now i want community you know this is one of the questions questions I asked myself and that's how I ended up with you guys and that's how it happens it's a simple little thing you know it does you don't have to like race out into the world and have all the answers and be super articulate in fact that's that's never the way it starts <laughs> it just starts with curiosity and going oh, oh you know thank what thank you for saying that thank you because that's what exactly I wanted to to bridge to so, so basically uh 
I don't think we need to, I don't think the first step is courage to speak up. I think the first step is curiosity to explore different things for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So what happens if I find small pockets of people, like small communities where I can truly connect to people? What happens if I spend more time in nature than in front of the TV? What happens if I spend much less time on social media? So so for me, it's about experimenting. So so I want you to say about curiosity, and I'm so glad you, you, you brought that, because it's a really curiosity to experiment. And you can experiment those things without anybody really noticing. So you don't need to be fearful of society or I mean parts of society because you could be experimenting these things on your own without anyone ever noticing and then once you get the feeling of what's real and what's not real uh, meaning when you experience certain emotions when you experience connectedness with yourself and with others and with nature that's where the courage is also coming from. Uh, and then you might get to a place where you're also ready to, to fully express yourself. Uh, because for me also here, with regard to expressing yourself, another question is, what happens when we don't fully express ourselves? So, so we're afraid of freely talking, right? Because of all the things we know. But what we should really be afraid also is what happens with us when we're not truly expressing ourselves, which gets us back, back to the mental health issues as well, right? But the circle, you get out of the circle with the small, simple steps of basically taking back, humanizing back your life, if I can say that. And they are not difficult. You don't need courage for them. You just need the desire to get out of the rat wheel. How do you call that? The, the rat race. The rat race. The hamster and wheel. The hamster <laughs> wheel is what I wanted to say. And explore this very human yourself things and yourself yeah so mm -hmm. that's what that's all it is and it's it's within reach to anybody to do it nothing is needed other than the desire to to get out of the hamster well and because we're speaking of mental issues what we are usually doing is okay i'm not feeling well boom we take a pill Right? I mean, many people are like that. So instead of taking the pill, we should look at that as a symptom. Okay, something's going wrong. So what should I do? Okay, maybe I go out, I drop everything I'm doing. I'm going out for a walk in nature, for example. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't have to be the mountain, just somewhere where there's trees and <laughs> grass and you can step on with your feet on the grass rather than on baton. Uh, simple things like that mm -hmm. and uh, that's all we need to do but instead we are into this 
I could sleepwalking. And we're just looking for these easy solutions like like the pills instead of um trying to see what makes us feel this way we want a pill to repair it and i'm speaking about yeah. pills because it's for me this is a big issue actually it goes beyond mental health issues but well i, I did want to talk about pills too because <laughs> yes. um <laughs> i want to talk about pills <laughs> no, because, um, you know, there's another issue that you touched on earlier, Natalia, which was that um, I'm trying to figure out how how you made this connection. But, you know, the medications, there's a problem there. Um, and the problem is that, by and large, there's there's not a lot of proof literally that they work and this is not acknowledged it's it's sort of implied that they work and i think that's sort of a sleight of hand but when you really look at the data there's a different story going on okay and um there's also a lot of money being made okay now i don't want to get into the morality of that per se because it speaks for itself but what i do want to say is that whenever something is tied to a large amount of money there's a system involved okay and so I, I i'm wanting to distance from personality and look at the system that creates these situations because often very very good decent folks get caught up in systems that involve large amounts of money being made from things that are, you know, not actually effective and oftentimes worse than effective, like much worse. Okay. And you see where I'm getting at here? Like, so, so even if, and, and the, the actors in, in that system may not even realize what's happening. They may not even realize it because what, what the system does is it enables people to just do their job without thinking of the the full ramifications of the system because their job is over here they don't their their job is not to look at all the right so we're talking about humanity human beings getting trapped in these little in these little systems that involve massive profit okay and um currently are you know personally in the US the american drug companies are obscenely wealthy i mean they're the wealthiest companies in the world um and if they if their products were really working based on the money they're making we should be the happiest people in the world right goes to right right i mean a plus b equals c but that that let me tell you something that equation is not happening so that needs to be looked at it needs to be looked at in a in an honest way where we can say okay this isn't working and that's okay that it's not working what then the reason it's okay is because if we just look at it and say it's not working then then it will enable us to go in a different direction and find the thing that does work and there are people that know what to do that that are doing things that do work and i mentioned shamanistic you know cultures 
they know how to do this. They know how to deal with this stuff. They don't have our problems and they don't have pills. And there are other cultures as well that have different answers. So that, you know, there's a lot to explore out there, but what we first need to do is come to terms with the, the, um, the mechanistic, um, uh structures that are being put in place that have been put in place for quite a while where we're just sort of in these these sort of mills that are just turning and not realizing that no this this stuff isn't working i in fact i think that most things in society need to be rethought reconsidered and in some way you know um uh restructured so and that restructured in a way that involves all of our input especially you know women of the world who you know have sort of been in the background we need input now and and that's an exciting prospect and and, and it's a very exciting idea to have men and women actually coming together and considering creating systems that that can benefit us both mutually all of us right so there's a lot of exciting work to be done, but but we haven't even started because we're just trapped in these in these cycles. And we need to just stop and and take responsibility for what we're doing because it's not just the the leaders at the top that are forcing us to do this. We're doing it. We are involved. And we need to just look at in a compassionate way and say, "Why am I doing this? Why?" it's not making me happy, you know, and, and that's just the beginning. And when you break out of that shell and you say, well, what does make me happy, you know, and how can I share that? And you, I mean, it's really just these, these small steps and considerations that don't involve fighting. They don't involve blaming. They just involve curiosity. Like you were saying, Natalia, it's a curiosity about what is it that I want to create in the world and for myself. And who am I for that matter? You know, who am I that that I I must now ask, wow, what is it that I really do enjoy? I maybe some people haven't even really been asking themselves that question. And you know, honestly, I mean, that question is kind of a new thing for a lot of people. And it's time, you know, it's time to ask that. I totally relate to what you're saying from a personal point of view uh, on this pills journey. So I've never, uh, I don't have experience with antidepression and drugs like that, but I have substantial experience with a migraine, which started when I was 20 years old, uh, shy of 20, so somewhere there, 1920. And it's been with me throughout my whole life. And it took me something like, I would say 30 years to actually recognize what's happening. And what was happening is, so I was like, like everybody else just wanting a pill to have the headache go away, right? Because when it hurts you, you're in pain, you just want it to go away. 30 years down the road, I realized that a huge part of my headaches were actually induced by, is this the right word, were provoked by the pills themselves. So there is something called um, 
I think it's called medi med medicinal migraine. I I'm not sure there is a term for it. But basically, getting used to pills makes the headache come. You you basically become addicted to 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 the painkillers, and yeah. I mean you're experiencing real pain. So so it's like you don't realize it, but the pain is because you, you, your body gets used to the pill and wants another pill, basically. Mm -hmm. so, so a huge part of the headache uh, from that, a huge part of from things like certain things in the food. So, so unless you start monitoring yourself and looking what you are eating, uh, you're not going to stay. So it's like stress, food, violence, uh, other health issues, uh, so, so basically instead of looking into what's causing them and trying to correct your way of living so that you don't get them you get into the cycle and you're absolutely right also with pills it's very interesting the ones for headache part of it has a placebo effect and I have noticed meaning that you Take the pill in anticipation that it's going to help you and then it helps you. I had some medicine which is pra practically the same chemical compound, but I have the feeling it's not helping me, so it's not helping me. So, so there's a huge placebo effect. And, and basically, when you dig under all this, you didn't need pills in the first place to start with because somebody should have told you Headache is a symptom. It's not. It's not. It's not. We need to see why is it happening because it's not a normal state of being. Mm -hmm. And if somebody at that time saw that I got to stress and certain things were happening in my life, I would not have to be a customer of the pharmaceutical industry for all my I life. I I don't remember since I'm twenty. I have never been probably 99.99% of the time I have pills in my purse. I don't go anywhere without it because I don't know when it's going to hit me. And so I'm just giving it as an example. Of, I'm, I'm here. I'm much better today, but, but I'm much better because I understand. I've taken the time to actually try to understand it and try to learn about it. Yeah, but the the world is full of such people, and it's, it's the same thing is with depression and this Prozac. Is it Prozac? It's the, the America's yes. famous for it. I think people just take it, thinking that things are gonna get better, instead of looking why am I feeling this way and what should I change in my life to feel better. Right, right, right. Uh, it's and you're absolutely right. Going back to indigenous people, they didn't need pills and they live without pills. And they found, first of all, they live much more natural and much more close to nature. They're connected. They're connected. That's the word. That's it. Yeah. That's it. They're connected yep. to each other, to nature, and they're also connected to their feelings and to to what they're experiencing and they're open to explore it and to find the, uh, the wisdom in the message because there is a message sent to our bodies, whether it's some other pain, whether it's mental health, whatever it is, any health issue is a message 
something's wrong. We need to make a change. Yes. I, I actually work in, um, natural healing in various capacities. And for me, I, I ended up doing that because I, I needed to heal. I got in a car accident. I had a really terrible whiplash and my back was in bad shape. And, you know, one thing led to another. Well, I, I had painkillers and they didn't do a thing for me. And so I ended up doing yoga and then I ended up teaching yoga and then I ended up getting interested in natural medicine. I ended up working in all these clinics. And so I did that and I explored that and I, I've identified something interesting that happens when you go that route, instead of just calling up a doctor and going over there and having them tell you what to take, you know, um, in a, there's a different experience you can have with a healthcare provider if you find the right context and the right, the right people. And that experience is that you're going on a healing journey because it's definitely an adventure. It's something that you have to participate in, in order to have it work. And you, it's, you're being an explorer of your own reality. And it's amazing what comes out of that. And if you're just going to someone who's claiming to be an expert and they look at some graph and they say, you need to take this pill, see you later, you're not having that journey. And you need to have that journey because that's a, a journey of self-exploration. And we need to be doing that all the time, all the time, because that's why we're here. To, to know who we are and to, and to connect to each other. So, so that's just, yeah, that's another angle of looking at how the, we're caught up in these systems that are, are actually, um, I mean, they're, they're not, they're, they're anti-life, you know, they're, they're not really promoting existence i mean i'm trying to make it as fundamental as possible it's not it's there's just something so strange about someone telling someone else here's what's here's what's going on with you you don't know i do <laughs> that's just bizarre to begin with okay and we need to really be able to look at experts and question them instead of just taking their word for things because we are the expert of ourselves okay and 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 we always need to have that understanding and you know experts are important but not if they're going to lord over our you know our our own and try to interfere with our own connection with ourselves that's just not okay ever and so we need to make that correct correction in the modern world because we've lost, we've lost our way with that. We absolutely need, first of all, to get reconnected to ourselves and to, to value that connection, you know, in every possible way, because if we are not connecting to ourselves, we can't connect to others. Yes. Can't do well, it. Well, the, the, the conversation is really, I learned I learned so much and well it's a valuable experience from you Natalia and from you Mia yeah maybe I can say that uh 
from maybe you you have a lot more experience than me and i really i'm really grateful that you are sharing this conversation with everyone and and not only for me but to everyone who listen and i really hope that the message is gets through to other people i think the important important word that i get from our conversation today yeah starting from the mental health issue it's really connectedness with ourselves connectedness with others and that is how we can i don't know maybe not only tackle the mental health issues but every challenge in the world while we are living it's yeah we just have to connect with ourselves first and yeah a lot of words that i pick up actually the curiosity yeah the question to ourselves what do you want what what makes you happy because maybe maybe majority of people did not get used to ask that kind of question to themselves so it's really valuable conversation that we have today and yeah so so now we want to to wrap it up would you like to what what what's what's the what's to wrap up our conversation now from both of you I have only one word to add and funny enough it's a word I didn't know until a few years ago but it's agency and it's we, we've outsourced our agency is in decision making is in the power to make decisions to uh, on our life so we we've outsourced that to a lot of different so through education they tell us I don't know who should we become through through the healthcare system they take us tell us what pill to take I can I can continue but uh, the the key for me is we need to take responsibility for our own health for our own happiness and that's all we have to do we just I, and I know it may sound a little scary but it's actually not that difficult uh, so and that's it's all very we fulfilling. Did. And it's fulfilling, yeah. It's, it it, it so, makes so much sounds sense. Like, sounds like we're making it sound easy, but it I actually feel it's much easier than the life we live in. So, I I find that it it actually comes in increments, and and it's just the 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 desire to do it that creates the the momentum of it. It's not something that comes all at once. You just can't, it's little things at first and they happen quite easily and you make a little bit of, oh, okay, I see that. And it just sort of opens up and it's a beautiful process. It's not really that difficult at all. It just takes, you know, patience and time and just, just being in it and, it, and really asking for it. We get what we ask for. We do. And we must, we must ask for what we want. And we deserve that. Okay. Thank you. And yeah, I uh, hope everyone who listens uh, get benefit from our conversation. See you. Vanilla Weeds Podcast, The Art of Living Together. Keep listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Get in touch with us if you have topics that interest you or ideas about guests we should invite and share with your network if something touches you.